Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high achieving 9 to 5er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. I live in the future. I have never been content with my code. I want to help you by mapping technology today to see tomorrow. Says my guest on today's episode, Vatsal Kanakya. He is a principal and CTO at 100xVC and he says this on the 100xVC website. In today's conversation, he's helping decode Web3 for us and answers my question, which is what really is Web3? Join me as I chat with Vatsal on this episode. Hi, and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, Vatsal. I have actually been waiting for this interview because Web3 is like this black hole for me where I, we know something, you hear about it a lot. So I'm very excited to talk to you. So thank you for making the time this morning to be here with me today. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, thank you so much for having me, Savita. It's a real pleasure to be invited here and to be speaking with you. Big fan of your work and your podcast. Oh, wow. I mean, you made my day. With that, I want to dive in right into your work. Of course, you said that you live in the future. So who else but you to talk to us about Web3 to me, my audience? But before we go into that, I wanted to talk about your journey. What brings you to 100 BC? What's your story so far? And yeah, so to walk us through that. Yeah, basically, you know, uh, right out of college, I was a great engineer. I was pretty good at uh, code, but uh, I realized I didn't want to do that as a job. I'd done a couple of great internships with the MIT Media Labs, Morgan Stanley. Uh, so done the tech part, but was like, okay, while I enjoy this, this is not something I, I don't want that desk job of, you know, being tuk 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 and, um, you know, uh, kind of being pigeonholed as somebody who does only software dev. While that's a great job, that was not for me. I realized that. So, you know, post-graduation was kind of, you know, searching around, exploring. I uh, didn't know what to do. That's when somebody gave me very sage advice, you know, saying, hey, listen, what you got to do is, just find somebody who know who you know is successful and tell them I'm gonna shadow you. Right? Just do whatever they tell you. Be the first in office, last out. Don't think about pay or anything. Just spend time with them, learning, observing, understanding what they do and what makes them click. And I resonated with that a lot. I think that's what today happens with all these found office roles and stuff, right? So that's basically what I did way back and. Uh, uh, I reached out to Sanjay, Sanjay Mehta, who's the founder and partner of 100X in that uh, sense, saying, hey, I want to shadow you. And basically, that's how it began. Learned investing under him, you know, uh, helped build out his uh, family office in the US and then joined 100X as the uh, CTO. And then over time, um, into more of an investing role as principal and CTO. Uh, that's kind of broadly been my journey in a nutshell. You make it sound so easy, but I'm sure like reaching out and doing this, you must have had a lot of challenges, ups and downs while you were going through this. Was that true that you did 
think about, you know, what's going to be next, or you were just so fully in faith that I'm doing this, we'll see where it goes. So the first year, uh, it took me a while. Coming from an engineering background, you like building stuff. You like think like value creation in your head is building products. And for the first year, I'm like, okay, I'm just making money off money. What's the point of this? It's when I, when Sanjay sent me his uh, introduction to 100X and said, hey, you, you know, can you join me in 100X along with the rest of the team, Ninad, Yagnesh, Shashank, Sanjay and myself. That's when I really kind of, it just clicked for me. So, you know, post that I realized the value you can bring as an investor, right? Which is not just working with, you know, obviously one part is kind of working with the founders and helping them build their company out and how small, small inputs or small, small things you do for them can really change the trajectory of the company. But also the fun that was there in building a fund from scratch uh, with such a great team, right? We're thinking about distribution, we're thinking about positioning, we're thinking about, you know, communication, marketing, social, internal tech processes, internal organization processes, everything from scratch, we're building it out together. It's like a startup itself, right? Starting the fund was like a startup itself. So yeah, lots of ups and downs and lots of learnings. Uh, It's been a pretty great journey so far. Thank God. Awesome. And with that, let's move to our topic for the day. So tell me, Vatsal, what really is Web3 and what problems in specific is Web3 going to solve that isn't currently being solved with the current internet that we have? So, I mean, the first thing I'll say is what's in a name, right? Web3, crypto, doesn't matter what you want to call it. Uh, It's just whatever words in right now, you want to use Web3, you want to use Metaverse, you want to use crypto. In the end, I really don't care. I mean, yeah, there are lots of concepts in this space, but the basic idea is to create a trustless ecosystem for everything that is deterministic, right? What that means is everything that can be done by code, which has a 100% predictable outcome should be done by code, right? So if you think about it, everything, almost everything in the payments ecosystem, right, should is deterministic. If I'm sending money to you, Savita, I know exactly how much, if if I'm paying for a service, then how much TDS should be cut. If you're charging me GST, what's the GST? Everything is deterministic. So it should be done by code, but especially when you're doing international payments, there's a lot of human in the loop, there's multiple banks, and that's not wrong, but it's just inefficient, right? So that is kind of the core of how I think of it. But the idea is also to kind of not try to replace what already exists, but to create a parallel online world. When I we can talk about this as the questions evolve, which can act as a POC of a digital economy, of an economy which is completely digital and run deterministically through code and still functions just as well uh, as a real-world economy. So the basic funda here, though, is everything that is deterministic, everything that can be written in code should be written in code. 
and it should be you should be able to run it trustlessly without having to trust an individual without having to trust servers only thing you trust is code you can read the code and you know exactly what it's going to do there's no fuzziness or there's no you know improbability or probability of anything going wrong kind of thing. it's it's a clear zero or one outcome right there's no gray zones all right okay so then crypto and web3 you're saying is kind of the same but not really the same so okay see in the end all of these terms tend to be largely for marketing so it doesn't matter what i call them and definitions are vague uh, there's no central authority here there's no trustless authority who has set a de- definition or a trusted authority who set a definition this is how i think of it right maybe i'll give you a brief on my thesis on how the world's going to evolve we have to think of crypto as sort of monopoly money you know when you have monopoly you played the game monopoly right or business so when you have cash in monopoly you use it to buy property in monopoly you buy you pay rent in monopoly you build houses in monopoly that's what it is right so the thing with ethereum or bitcoin or any other crypto coins um the way i think of it is we should not be talking about real world use cases or creating rewards or payments in the real world just yet i don't think we're ready i think we should think of it as monopoly money where there is a separate digital economy and people live breathe eat whatever do a lot of things online and i use my ethereum to buy services i give services online which help me earn ethereum and that kind of creates a multi trillion dollar online economy which is thriving on its own you know lots of productivity happening online so that's kind of where i see the world going and everything happens on chain what does that mean right so you have to think about ethereum or bitcoin as basically a large decentralized turing complete computer what does that mean it's a it's a large computer which can basically compute anything you can do in a regular computer but it's online and it's not a single process it's like millions of processes around the world contributing and collaborating together to do those computations and it's only limited by your imagination right so if you think about it finance is also in general limited only by your imagination similarly anything you want to build on the decentralized turing complete computer that is ethereum or bitcoin is only limited by your imagination right so what happens is what's happening already is people are embedding physics and uh, you know game engines rendering programs on top of blockchains right so imagine you have one chain with a common set of physics right okay okay this is how things collide this is the speed of light this is how the world looks etc now on the same chain you can build multiple games you build mario you build sonic you build um, you know whatever other games right what happens is because they're all on the same physics the same game engine the same the core logic is the same right what happens is your assets in each are interoperable right so you can have mario 
from this game play here and then go to uh, Sonic and actually play in Sonic as well. And then if you want them to play Prince of Persia or Aladdin, they can play that as well as long as it's on the chain chain. chain. Now, if you have Modern Warfare and Halo, two gun shooting games on the same chain, you can use a gun from Modern Warfare in Halo. Doesn't matter. It's big. So that leads to kind of an interoperability, right? So just as an example, what, what I'm trying to say is what's going to happen and what's already happening is there's projects like Topology, GG, Lattice, XYZ, Dopeforce that are doing this, where with this common set of physics, you're going to have a real open world, right? It's like in our universe, you have a set of rules of physics that are standard, right? The speed of light is only this and this, 300,000 meters per second. It's immutable, right? So similarly, on-chain, it's a universe where the speed of or the physics are immutable, right? So any games or any open worlds built on top are all interoperable as long as they're built on the same chain, right? So that way you have a lot of open space online and different experiences on the same chain that a user can have. Now you can have social media experiences, you can work in companies, you can play games, uh, you can uh, uh, watch movies, whatever, right? That's the metaverse concept, except it's different from the whole 3D AR, VR concept that everybody are everybody shilling right now. This is kind of a lot more technical building on chain. But that's what's happening. So that's how that world gives the opportunity to create a really on-chain digital economy, right? Where I'm I'm spending time in multiple worlds, I'm meeting friends, I'm spending on items, I'm earning on-chain, I'm enjoying different services, I'm buying different assets, everything on-chain, right? And what's gonna happen is 20, 30 years down. This is going to be like a 10, 15, 20 trillion dollar GDP just online on chain, right? Different services created, different assets sold, whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's not from a point of view of saying, okay, okay, that's supposed to change the real world, right? It's just from a point of view of creating a third place, uh, right? Kind of a, a second place or a third place for people to go when they're fed up with the real world. So that's kind of how things are evolving. And that's the broader idea of what I see is happening uh, technologically and where we're heading. Yeah. talk. I think you explain it really well and talking about getting fed up of the real world. I think that's like already happening. Everyone's like online. Everyone's doing all kinds of things. I see my kid playing Roblox and I'm like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> that's That's exactly what it is, right? See, Roblox, may he probably earns Robux and he spends it for building games or buying assets or whatever, right? That's, that's basically what's happening, except it's all on-chain. And when he earns on Ro- Robux on Roblox, he can actually use it in Fortnite as well. And all characters he's built on Roblox, he can move it to Fortnite and it'll be open world. That's basically what it is, but for adults, right? It's starting off as a concept for kids, but... Everybody who's currently on Roblox and on Fortnite are going to move into adulthood soon. And for them, they're going to need a different platform. And these are the worlds that are going to happen. They're going to be strongly on-chain. They're going to be completely on-chain. Okay, so that's interesting. And you touched upon, you know, of course, Metaverse, but which I also want to touch upon. So this is something that I've read while trying to read up about Web3 myself online. Metaverse and Web3, they say, is used interchangeably um, as interchangeable terms, but they're actually kind of different for our audience. Is it really? I mean, can you 
is there a difference you see or you feel the same i don't like getting into terminology names definitions it's all very theoretical i just know the world i want to see right i know i want to see a digital economy which is completely separate from the physical economy what's going to happen is my identity my personality uh, my activities in real life are going to be very different to what my identity activities and interests are online and it's already happening right uh, so much of our time we spend online on instagram on reddit different communities and we behave differently in different places right we de- behave differently online because there are some social expectations on how we behave but then when we're online maybe on reddit or on facebook groups uh, if you're anonymous especially or in different uh, usernames you're behaving very differently you have different interests and actually this is kind of part of my thesis right which is that everything social on the internet is either going to be algorithmic or it's going to be community driven right so either uh, very few people will want to reflect their irl in real life social graphs online right most people either want the algorithmic front where okay just let like tiktok right just keep showing me or insta reels showing me content that you recommend or it's going to be community driven where it's a bunch of people gathering around a common interest right? or a bunch of common interests so that community driven part right which is already what you're seeing in roblox or fortnite or with those kids right it's an emergent behavior and that's kind of what's going to translate into the future into the metaverse as you might call right the basic fund is it's all interoperable it all ties in together you can't kind of tear it apart into individual things and say oh no the blockchain is important or crypto is important or the metaverse is important they all come together for me they have to all succeed in order for the grander vision to succeed in just one succeeding doesn't work kind of thing like what you hear so far make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. All right. So I think yeah, uh, what you I hear what you're saying it's all interlinked so there's no point having these different names and trying to uh, understand define this and define this and define this they're all part of the same universe at this time. So what are I don't know if this is the right question to ask but so what are going to be some key advantages or disadvantages as we move into this you know the, as we move a lot of our stuff into this third universe right or or web3 what do you think are going to be the advantages and disadvantages yeah i think uh, obviously you're not uh, limited by uh, geography anymore when you're online your friends are going to across the board you're not you only need a computer and access to internet and you can have that already happens but in the current sense you can still be censored by the country you live in if you're living in authoritarian state thankfully we don't but if you're living in authoritarian states right they turn off your internet any day or prevent you from seeing certain sites or accessing something right when you're in that larger world i mean how are they going to prevent you from reading information you don't you they don't want you to read right so that access to information and access to knowledge and it just becomes a much more open world for everybody right so that's kind of one of those 
benefits but also what i see is it allows people i believe it's good for us because it will allow us to kind of live multiple lives a lot of the times you see a bunch of regrets that oh i wish i imagine if i was this right and people always do this they play sims as adults or whatever just to kind of imagine what their life would be if they'd done something differently it's a simulation of what could have been but in this case you can actually really make it and for there'll be for example let's say i always wanted to be a journalist right on that online universe there's going to be an organization where i can start contributing as a journalist wherever i want i write about on chain events as and when my articles or whatever i'm writing get hits i'm incentivized based on my performance right so i'm paid in ethereum if my article goes high i get governance tokens so that if i'm performing really well i can actually contribute to the organization and take part in the decision making of the organization obviously my performance is time bound so if i've done something you know very good over the last couple of weeks the governance powers that i'm getting before maybe a a year after my performance right after which that fades away but what i'm trying to tell you is i can live those alternative versions of my explore a lot more in different things it's open there's no gatekeeping you can do whatever you want right because it's an online world it's only limited by your imagination like i said and you can actually make a living off of it you can make money off of it right and uh, i think that's really valuable and there'll be much lesser on that world the way the companies will be structured or organizations will be structured or uh, incentives will be structured will allow for a lot more equity in terms of well distribution right uh, there's no rent seeking behavior online right it's because it's deterministic who performed well who done in most cases it is deterministic so you just as long as you perform well you get the right incentives right and you to do better so that's what it looks like okay all right so with that i want to ask you like when you're seeing uh, a lot of people online are working on web3 projects right so what's web3 industry in india looking like what are some key things that india is doing as we move into this or it's just going to be like everything the whole world is doing the same thing yeah i think um, no i think there's a bu- lot of solid developer talent out of india and it's growing rapidly the dev user base the dev base so i'm meeting so many smart devs every single day i'm meeting like engineers from you know large companies like uber amazon who just decide oh i want to shift and they're taking the toughest problems it's not like you know they're even going for the easy part they're going for top, the toughest parts of uh, this industry right like zk proofs zk evms building on top of those and it's a real shift in developer talent so india is definitely at least on the developer front adopting the space very well so we're going to be at the forefront of building the space out on the company front i think uh, we're still learning what works what doesn't work and that's true about the whole world right everybody is still building the thesis on what the space actually looks like my thesis is that it has to be strongly on chain uh, but 
not everybody thinks about it those that way some like there will be big bitcoin maximalists who believe only bitcoins the right way to go and we should already start pushing for the usage of bitcoin in the real world there's a bunch of other chains and people who support those so a lot of different views and there's no real consensus as to how the world will evolve and so india itself you know builders in india are all figuring out uh, it'll take time 10 20 years but we'll know what the journey will look like we'll know what it eventually will be but uh, very bullish on india we have some of the smartest people here building for the space so very very excited yeah i i do want to ask you this i know you've touched upon what it looks like and but i want to ask you are there some specific examples of already uh, that we can all that we all know of of where web3 is kind of already being used so it's a consistent evolution there's a bunch of projects you may not even like okay you have to think about it this way right there's so many millions of projects not millions but you know thousands tens of thousands if not hundreds of dapps out there on the ethereum ecosystem right now quite a few of them have reached and created a lot of value for millions of users it's just that we may not have been touched by them yet right it's it's typically for the more you know savvier users who know how the space works a lot better so for example there are defi protocols right so uh, defi primitives like lending online right so there's something like aave or compound or many others which basically say okay, okay we have this whole you know pool of money from which you can lend but you have to put collateral so i put in one bitcoin and i get maybe half an ethereum or whatever right or two ethereum whatever the rate is and <laughs> as a loan and it's backed by my bitcoin as collateral there are protocols that are already doing this and people take a lot of loans at its peak it had almost 80 billion 85 billion dollars of value locked right that's the value of the loans kind of given out which is kind of crazy right uh, similarly you have automated market makers which are creating uh, these uh, exchanges right decentralized exchanges without an order book system so generally exchanges have order books right where uh, somebody puts in a buy order somebody puts in a sell order and then they matched in this case they have an existing liquidity pool and pricing is set based on supply demand so you don't have to wait for somebody to sell when you want to buy you just put in the order and they gave it from an existing liquidity pool and basis what the supply is uh, they set a price for you right and so lots of cool stuff happening on the defi front uh, there's a lot of game fi companies but these are not yet strongly on chain you know uh, axe infinity etc but on chain games we're now seeing companies like dopors lattice xyz zero x park uh, come up with strongly on chain games dark forest teeth has one of one been one of the best pocs yet and i think that's changing it so we're evolving learning every day there's so much innovation happening every single day and it's it's really tough to keep track of but it's it's like the ev adoption right you won't even realize and it will happen right in front of you if you notice like suddenly um, you know i live in bombay so suddenly like post covid 2 years mr suddenly i'm seeing okay all the buses are electric in bombay and i'm seeing like five six cars a day which are electric 
and i won't notice in a couple years it'll be every single car is electric we won't even know it right it's kind of like that it'll happen slowly and then all at once and you won't even realize it okay so that's that's positive for people like us because then it's not like you're to gear up and you're to prepare right but also i mean the conversations been so fascinating now my question for you is um, as we move into this like this thing that's coming we everybody needs to kind of you know figure out what they need to do in terms of skill sets should people actually learn uh, developers need to learn how to like like for web3 is there like a learning that they should invest in what's your recommendation yes 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 i think uh, having a thesis around how, where the space is going see okay just kind of to set a broader concept right the trouble i see with the ecosystem right now is most people come in with the expectation of fiat gains right okay, i'm going to make money in rupee that's where my thesis is that it has to be monopoly money right it should not be i'm not expecting or i'm not coming in this space because i want to uh, earn in rupees right okay, okay i'll buy ethereum today and i'll make a profit in ethereum tomorrow but i want to do because i believe ethereum has utility in that online world right? so i'm never thinking about off ramping myself that's what really drives value and the other part is people have to transact so i think on the developer front having a thesis on that front uh, on how the world will evolve and is it only about fiat gains monetary gains or is it about something beyond that is very critical but obviously you need to kind of educate yourself on a bunch of things on the writing great apps uh, how to kind of you know build it out uh, how to make sure the security of the dapps are great so there's a bunch of tools that are out there which allow for auditing security uh, of the code you're writing very very important especially since these are financial kind of tools and products being built right uh, you have to be up to date with kind of latest technology so devs for now i would say devs need to focus a lot on learning the math behind ck zero knowledge proofs and zero knowledge rollups and how to build on top of zero knowledge evms because that's real that's a real paradigm shift right kind of it's it's going to change everything the, the next bull cycle is happening because zk evms built by polygon built by starknet etc by optimism are coming in and they're just increasing the scalability and the computational power of blockchain so they're just changing the paradigm of what can and what cannot be achieved on chain so uh, yeah that's what i would kind of push developers to learn start learning yeah and um, for businesses how do you recommend businesses stay ahead of the curve as this is coming or is it like you said it's going to be gradual it's not like this massive change that you have to prepare for how do businesses kind of what's your recommendation i don't think irl i don't think in real world businesses need to care about it again like i said my thesis is everything has to be on chain everything has to be online so as long as you're a a real world business you're not going to be affected for at least 20 25 30 years like i don't believe this is not my thesis they're not going to like crypto and all i don't believe it should be used uh, at that level yet to think uh, businesses can to kind of take a chill pill on that front if you are an online business you can kind of think about uh, how to kind of transition into that strongly on chain mode how to kind of 
build an equivalent to your business, your services on chain. But again, like I said, it has to be strongly on chain. Otherwise, it's like as long as your IRL doesn't matter. But if you want to be completely online and you want to be strongly on chain, then it's worth studying and uh, doing something to be part of it. Okay. I have a different question then. You're in uh, the startup space. So maybe existing businesses, you know, you don't see them needing to do this change. But what if, you know, I want to like start a business inside this space, right? Are there some, is when is the right time? Should I start thinking right now? Come up with ideas? Like, is, is there opportunity over there, you see? There's a, there's a lot of opportunity for sure. Um, the way I think about this is the company is not the product on chain. What happens in the real world is uh, the company is the product, right? Freshworks owns Freshdesk, right? They can't just give up on it. It's their cash cow. It's where they make money. It's the product that they keep selling, right? It's not. That's not how it's going to be on chain. Once you created as a company, once you created a project which is on chain, you see it become a successful. There's a bunch of users, there's an active, engaged community. Then you just kind of hand over governance to the community, right? And then it's up to you whether you want to keep contributing as part of the governance ecosystem of the community or not. If you want to keep contributing liquidity pools, whatever, or if you want to pull out of the project altogether, there's no right or wrong. But the project, once it's at a particular scale, will be handed over to the community. So the company doesn't rent seek from a particular product, right? Because I built this, I should get 2% of all transactions for a lifetime. No, no, that doesn't happen. As long as the company is actually con- contributing to the project as uh, liquidity pools, as customer support, whatever manner, and by building a client for it, you know, they'll get incentivized by the community, right? But once they stop engaging, you know, the community will push them out. Say, hey, we're not going to pay you or give you any incentive. So uh, every company can build multiple projects, right? And there'll be a change of positioning every time. So today, Savita, you're building an AMM. You're building a DeFi protocol. You're building an AMM. You've built it. You've scaled it. It's got millions of dollars locked. But the company is now looking to build something different. It wants to build strongly on-chain games. You want to build different projects. Go for it, right? You can also parallelly contribute to that AMM, maybe provide a bit of liquidity pool passively while you're building on a different project. Right? That's completely fine. So that's where it is, right? So companies don't have to think that if I'm building something today, it's going to be something I'm going to be tied to for years on years, right? Uh, for building a project and scale it up, I get a certain reward, a lump sum reward initially as a bunch of tokens of that particular project, governance or otherwise. But that's about it. Post that, if I want to earn more or make more from that project, I have to keep contributing. So that company has the option that if I want to abandon the project, not abandon in the sense let it die, but you know, give it over to a community and move on to other projects. The company can do that. Right? So companies will have a lot more optionality on what they want to build and what they want to scale. So they're not never limited. Ki, okay, I have so now I have Five years I built one thing, great. Now the company goes on and does something else. Right? 
completely fine. That's kind of how I think of it. But very interesting way to construct business in this uh, in this world, I have to say. And I think it's really going to, I mean, the way we do it today versus where uh, the way it's going to happen tomorrow, starting and growing a business over there is going to be, I think, very different. So yeah, I can't wait to see what's to unfold. As we come to the end of this uh, interview, I want to bring it back to you. What does a day in your life look like? Tell us about... This is a bunch of meetings. Uh, that's basically what it is. I'm, I moved to Bangalore recently and I've just been trying to kind of meet as many new people as possible. Founders, builders, marketeers, I don't care. I just want to meet interesting people. That's what I'm here for. That's basically what it looks like. Last three days, I've basically been in home only for like sleep right the morning i leave 10 a.m and then i come back 11 p.m after meeting a bunch of people and then and that's that's actually how a vc's life should be right Uh, it's not supposed to be a desk job it's supposed to be an irl in-person kind of job and i am enjoying it so far Uh, but obviously beyond that i have a lot of uh, desk work as well so spend a bunch of my time uh, evaluating startups that have emailed me or have applied to 100x uh, in an inbound manner and getting on calls with them and so on and so forth. So, I mean, no day, thankfully for me, no day, no two days look the same. Every day is a challenge and a unique experience on its own. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And you don't want it to look the same, I would presume. Right. <laughs> okay. And with that, you spend so much time evaluating startups, working with them. What's one piece of advice you would give to somebody who is just starting out, uh, has an idea, wants to get funding? You just have a clear hypothesis of what you want to do. I think it's very easy to be distracted. Just like I, as a VC today, have been talking about, oh, there's going to be so many different things. You as an entrepreneur should not be talking about there's going to be so many different things, right? You should be talking about the pinpoint solution you want to build. You have to let us imagine the larger world around it, right? So have a very focused hypothesis in terms of what service you want to do, in terms of what audience you want to target, what geography. Have a very focused approach initially when you're pitching to us. Secondly, make sure... This is a business where you want venture funding. Not all businesses are meant to be venture funded. It is okay if your business is not venture fundable. That doesn't make it a bad business, right? There's a difference between owning 10% of a $100 million company or 100% of a $10 million company. In the end, you're going to make the same amount of money. Your wealth is the same, right? It's just up to you how you want to take your journey forward. So just make sure because venture funding is like a very different ball game. So make sure it's for you before you apply for venture funding. Okay. And one last question. What stands out to you when people reach out to you about when they're pitching their business? What's clarity of thought? It comes to the same thing, right? We invest idea stage and up at 100x. So what is really sexy to us is having a very focused hypothesis, clarity of thought, that's what helps us invest at the idea stage, right? You're all over the place. You want to do 20 different things. I mean, 
we don't know where our money is going to go. Right? We don't know what you're using our money for. When you have a focused hypothesis, we know exactly what experiments you're going to run to validate that hypothesis. And hence, we know where the money is going to go. And as long as we believe the hypothesis is valuable, we're going to invest. Right kind of thing. So clarity of thought is underrated. Focus is underrated. It's very sexy though. You know, be very focused, have a real clarity of thought and it'll help you raise your check. Right. On that note, for the audience listening in, you know what appeals to Watsal and team. So if you guys are wanting to pitch to 100x, then come with clarity of thought, obviously. And with that, Watsal, thank you so much for your time. I think it's not a dark hole anymore. You made it quite simple and you made it feel like, you know, you don't need to like really freak out about it right now. So thank you for that. We look forward to supporting you and cheering you on and cheering all businesses on. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Savita, for your time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.